so hi all and welcome to Raising Spirits. So we're going to start with just a quick introduction about ourselves and what this podcast is actually all about. So I'm Sarah. And I'm Kathleen. And we're cousins who love spooky shit. So I would say we've both had some spooky experiences. We also love a ghost story lore, even some horror movies and all that fun stuff, even though we're both massive shitbags. So our podcast will just be new scary stories every episode, some just historical stories, some local lore, and possibly in the future some guests with their own haunted experiences. So this episode, just to start us off and give a little bit of an introduction about ourselves, we've got our own spooky ghost related experiences. So we'll talk about them first. And then we've got a story of some local lore of the week where we'll be talking about the witch trials of Pollock. Um, and I'm calling this local lore because if you can't tell from our very strong accents, we are indeed from Glasgow. Yeah, that obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll start off with my ghost story um, just because it is fairly short. Um, but yeah, so I've had a couple of experiences, but this is the one I felt translated best for this it's not just oh I saw something it was kind of weird um so a few years ago I used to work in a store and it was like a big old like warehouse kind of retail unit that was in a shop um so it was pretty big um we closed at eight o'clock at night but we finished at nine so we had an hour to tidy up restock all that fun retail stuff um I was on late shift and there was only four of us in that night in total I don't know usually there was more I don't know why it was so quiet um, but my manager's car had a problem with her tyre, so her and another one of the people on shift were outside having a look at it um, to make sure she could get home, home okay. Yada yada, car stuff. Okay. Um, that's the extent of knowledge I have about cars. <laughs> Even if you'd went on in description, fine detail of what was wrong with it, I'd have just been like, what? <laughs> car stuff. Yeah. Um, so basically the point of this is it was me and one other woman in the store this night and we were restocking something while we were just chatting and I was freaked out because the shop was big empty it was late and I was telling this woman I worked with that I always just felt really weird vibes in that shop no matter the time of day it wasn't just because it was dark although that definitely didn't help but I always felt weird vibes and I was convinced it was haunted so I'm telling this woman who was a very lovely, slightly older woman. So I was like, I will admit, a stupid wee teenager. <laughs> this like mature woman was just like, yeah, no, I always think I think it's haunted in here as well. Like genuinely. And she was telling me how she's had weird experiences in the store. Like she's been coming down the stairs from the staff room where she's felt someone tap her shoulder, turn it around and no one was there. Um, and stuff like that had happened a couple of times to her. So kind of weird. Yeah. While we are standing on the shop floor, we're just chatting about how the shop is clearly haunted. While we're talking, <laughs> all of the lights in the shop just cut out. I started screaming, and then lights come back naturally. on again. Yeah, obviously naturally, because that's horrifying. <laughs> like, oh, this place is haunted, and then the lights go out. I'm like, everybody kill me, I know too much. <laughs> um, but then, worse than the lights, a few rows down from us, like in the toy section, so not near where we were standing, near enough we could hear, but not like we weren't close to them. But there was this stand um, that had these horrid little, like, they were, like motion sensor dolls. So when you walked past them, they would giggle. So they were creepy all of the time. 
but the lights had went off and back on and at that time all of the dolls started laughing in unison um i just started crying like <laughs> i just didn't even know what to do like it was too too much as i said at the start i am a shitbag i will 100 percent own up to that um i stood outside for the next like half an hour until my shift ended and I got one of the women to go upstairs and get my jacket and bag out the staff room because I refused to go back in the building because I thought the ghost was trying to <laughs> poltergeist I me I was so scared <laughs> um but like I just want to clarify because I know like that might not be the definitive proof some cynics want in ghosts um but these dolls had been in stock for months so I have had the like shop open up in the morning so all the lights getting put on same as well like shutting the shop at night time and the lights had never ever set off the motion sensor before um and also like as in any shop there's not just one deep like the depth of one like the whole way along a row there was like a stand with maybe three at the front three behind three behind three like however deep the shelf was um, but every single one of them was going it wasn't just like the three dolls at the front laughing it was the full display and I can't think of a reason why the motion sensor for any doll that's not even at the front would be going off unless it was something yeah. messing with it yeah, um, even if it had just been because of the lights like it wouldn't have been all the ones on the shelf like the ones behind it and all that wouldn't have picked up the lights it would no. have just been the ones at the front exactly so there was just something so weird about it to me um I mean, obviously, the people who I was working with that night thought I was crazy because I was, I think, 19, just standing outside the shop crying um, yeah. and asking if I could just leave. I was like, do I have to wait here until nine? Like, I know my shift isn't over, but I can't be here right now. Like, yeah. they were after me. <laughs> they're trying to kill me. And they're like, oh. I mean, I don't think you're in danger because a doll laughed. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like well, you don't know. <laughs> they all laughed while we were talking about the ghost in the store. Yeah. I think the timing of it is what got me. I think if it had been any other time, I would have been lightly spooked. Yeah. But I felt as if, like, this ghost knew it had been, like, seen or something. Yeah. Like, and it was trying to be like, oh, yeah, no, you're right, I'm here. Yeah. One bitch. Exactly. And I shot myself. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. Horrifying. You're damn right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've been a really hard job to get you guys to notice me, what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible um but yeah that was my um my super fun retail ghost experience um, <laughs> for your listening pleasure you're welcome thank you i did enjoy it also who on earth would actually buy their child one of those dolls like i don't know i feel like it's asking to be in a horror movie yeah it's like you're asking to be like haunted by annabelle or something yeah like annabelle some dolls and stuff I see like just in stores and stuff and I'm like I feel like by buying this you're inviting your life to become a horror movie there is no yeah absolutely like if you get murdered by a ghost it's obviously your own fault I'm sorry but you shouldn't have bought the doll as well when people like pick up like I don't know like secondhand like furniture or whatever and then they'll just be like oh yeah no like I got this like um like dressing table secondhand there was a suicide note in the top drawer but the actual I mean it's real woods it's mahogany and you're like oh okay so it's a cursed item best of luck with your new poltergeist like I feel as if yeah like I don't want to be haunted it just happens sometimes yeah Um, if I 
I think if I owned anything or if I stayed, like I've stayed places before where I felt weird. I think if I owned anything or stayed somewhere that I felt weird about, like I would just not be part of that and I would leave. Like when me and my husband bought the house that we're in now at the viewing, I was walking about like, I'm like demanding silence and walking about to make sure it didn't feel spooky. Yeah. But our house is 40, 50 years old. And I think the original owner is the one who sold it to us. So I don't think anyone died here. So I feel pretty good about it. I always feel really comforted by the knowledge that I'm in a new built house. So like, there's no like, like deaths or anything. There's no deaths lived in here before me. And there's no like scary, like ancient Indian burial ground underneath me because it was just a hill. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we don't have ancient Indian burial grounds because we're in, in the UK. I bet they thought that in Poltergeist as well, but here we are. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so do you want to take us on to your ghost story now? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, sorry, I had to take a drink. Um, all right, so obviously you know this, Sarah, um, but for our listeners, a bit of history, just to kind of, so that you understand the story yeah, as I tell it, so that it makes a bit more sense and I'm not just hitting you with these facts and you're like, sorry, explain further. <laughs> um, so my mum was psychic. She could hear and speak to spirits and she didn't see them a lot, but she could always hear them and communicate back to them. Mm-hmm. And she'd always been that way from as far back as she could remember. And she also did tarot cards as well. And um, but she was always very strict. She wouldn't do things like pass on messages back and forth because she didn't want people to feel like dependent on her. Um, I think she just, she knew what it was like to want she to speak to somebody who passed on. Mm. She gave me a message once. Yeah. From Uncle Charles. She did it once for me when my grand died. And that was it. And then I was like, cool. Like, but like, I didn't it? ask. I wasn't like, can you talk to him, please? It was, um, yeah, I was going to do stupid decisions because I was a teenager. And your mum pulled me into the bathroom one day, like, can I talk to you privately? And I was like, okay. And she was like, you're going to make stupid choices this week. Your Uncle Charles has grasped you in. Don't go. <laughs> like, I was maybe going to this like party or something. She's like, don't go. I was like, I, um, yeah, for sure. And I think I was planning on going <laughs> anyway and just lying. But whatever happened, yeah. ended up not going. And I think like two people were hospitalized that night from alcohol poisoning. And I was well, like, oh right. my God, wow. Like I would have made stupid choices because I was yeah. never, I still, I still <laughs> make bad choices, but especially when I was like 15, I was making like super. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the only time your mom right. gave me a message from the beyond. Yeah. She just told me when my grand died to like that she said that she loved me. And I was like, I mean, I already knew that. Like, can she not tell me like what the lottery numbers are next week or something instead? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. That help would be nice. But whatever. <sighs> um, I but when when I was wee, I did have a lot of spooky things kind of happen around me. Um, whether it was somebody in the family experiencing it, like you, um, or someone who was over at the house visiting, or myself, you know, just trying to live my best life and getting spooked by ghosts. And uh it was never as much as what like mom had experienced when she was growing up um, or in her adult life and I wouldn't ever call myself psychic because I can't communicate with spirits like she did like I can't talk back and forth to them or anything and I've just had like spooky happenings you know and so I when I was wee I had a lot of spooky things happening around me and um, whether it was somebody in the family experiencing it or someone who was over at the house visiting or just myself trying to live my best life and getting spooked by ghosts. <laughs> uh, it was never as much as what mom had experienced. And I wouldn't call myself psychic because I can't communicate with spirits like she did. I can't talk back and forth to spirits. Like, no, I've just had spooky things happen. 
um it did happen a lot more when I was wee and when I got older like it, when I was a teenager for example that's when it started to happen less and less um, it didn't freak my mom or sister out anywhere near as so much, much as it did me so they kind of stopped telling me when things would happen to them so Just that I wouldn't worry we are huge shitbags comment yeah, the exactly. recurring theme of probably every episode uh-huh. that, will, that will be we are shitbags yeah, that is <laughs> so basically we want to talk about ghosts yeah um <laughs> yeah so it didn't freak them out I mean like mom had always like had spirits around so she was like whatever and my sister was kind of like okay well if mom says it's cool then it's cool and it's fine and I was like no 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 hold on a minute <laughs> this is freaky so they just kind of stopped telling me when things would happen to them in the house so that I wouldn't get like kind of anxious about it mm-hmm. um which was the right move because that shit scared the living daylights out of me mm-hmm. um didn't sleep well you know (laughs) um but yeah so my story is a a spooky one so um for a few months after I had turned 18 I kept walking into the living room um or like the kitchen and catch mom and my sister like in a quiet conversation and when they would see me they would just say to each other I'll talk to you about it later and I started getting really annoyed about it and taking offence because obviously I felt like they were talking about me and it turned out I was right but I mean that is obviously very rude like you walk in and somebody's talking and then they just look at you and like oh, talk about it later like that's obviously about you like yeah. just tell me now if that, if that's happening to you right now they're talking about you um, <laughs> <laughs> just a heads up um, might not be about the same thing hopefully not but they are talking about it's you um, we lived on the ground floor in a sandstone tenement that was over 100 years old and it was one of the few things that survived Claybank Blitz in World War II so there was a lot of history in our house and a lot of people had lived and died there and we lived there from when I was a toddler until six months after I turned 18 so I was there a long time like I don't remember living in our house really before that like we snippets have been in other houses when I was wee but most of my life had been in that house mm-hmm. and then the week that we were due to move house um, was when my mom and sister finally told me what they had been talking about in private hold on to your hats right so they had <laughs> um decided not to tell they were basically deciding whether or not to tell me about something that I had blocked out for years um in my memory because I'd been so scared and I couldn't remember any of it until they started talking about it and it started to kind of come back to me and I was like oh yeah like that way we're like you just completely forget until somebody says it to you and you're like mm-hmm. oh I completely forgot that happened after a night out when your pal texts you and just like mind that time you got steaming and stole a drink off that guy's table and then chugged it and you're like oh my god I forgot I did that yeah I, like exactly that. yeah <laughs> I wasn't. I, I didn't spend my whole childhood drunk or anything, but you know, nah, but that, like you don't remember till someone brings it up, and you're like, "Oh, holy yeah. shit!" So I did. Like drunk on the spooks, you. <laughs> um. When yeah. So I'm basically, <laughs> ready for this. So they told me right <clears throat> that there was a spirit of a man who would come to my bedroom window and tap on it and try and convince me to go outside with him and I had told him that I wasn't allowed to go out with strangers so I wouldn't leave which is you know the right thing to do for mm-hmm. anyone who comes to your window um so he started to scare me and project fear um onto me as one would call it mm-hmm. And I remember his eyes were reflective like a cat's at night and he was white 
and he was tall and he had dark hair like I remember what he looked like and I, that's the only thing like that really stuck out to me the most though was his eyes because he didn't have like a colour of eyes they were just always like reflective mm-hmm. like a deer in headlights and um, now obviously mom took the initial route of logic and uh, she started regular checking that there wasn't an actual man lurking outside my window at night and it was just you know a spirit it turned out so but obviously she double checked because you know pedos and (laughs) so when she kept finding that there wasn't anyone there and when I was saying that there had been and I was adamant she knew that it had been a spirit I was seeing after all Mm -hmm. and um, I had become really worried about my curtains having any gaps around the windows and like I didn't want to see the window at all Mm -hmm. I was fine with the other windows in the house but my bedroom window terrified me especially at night when I was alone and I had to go to my bed um, which was under the window Mm -hmm. at the time (laughs) and then um, I would lay in bed just terrified to move because I knew that he was there and I knew he was watching me and waiting like fighting me as soon as I looked up or if I moved and um, I remember staring at my bedroom door just desperate to get up and run to it to go get my mum and um, because I always felt safe when she was there and then obviously you know I was a child but <laughs> um, I think because like part of me probably knew that like she was she, whenever she was appeared whenever she was there he was gone yeah. so I always felt like I need to go get my mum um, but I was paralysed with fear and I would just literally lie in my bed crying like silently because I wouldn't want to get up and I just wanted away from that window so badly and I couldn't even scream because I was so scared to move or make any noise I just felt like he would burst through the window mm-hmm. and then sometimes he would appear during the day and I would hit the deck like actually like fly down onto the floor like so fast that I would hurt myself yeah. but I felt like I needed to hide and get out of his sight and somewhere safe so it's like like when you're peeking out your window at your neighbours being pure nosy and you, they think you think they see you so you're jumped into the floor <laughs> so they can't see you I mean I don't know if other people do that but you know <laughs> anyone who's lived in a ground floor or who has like taller buildings that overlook like their windows probably mm. has had that experience like I know in my yeah. time like I've flashed neighbors the window cleaner whatever <laughs> you just forget especially yeah. like like your back garden was more open than mine was just for context we used to live like in the same row of tenements so she stayed in like number five and I stayed in like number one so we we're only like four doors apart yeah um, not like our whole lives from, I think we moved in there and I was about 10 and then Kathleen moved out of hers when she was like 18 so it was about seven years because you're, you're younger than me so about seven years we lived just but my back garden although we were also on the ground floor like it had like a really tall wall the whole way around and there wasn't any houses that could overlook our like over our flat whereas I feel like where your house was the garden was much more open because it was more like communal with other buildings and there was like on the other side as well that kind of looked over so I feel like you maybe weren't as um casual about walking about your house like yeah with your curtains <laughs> open um yeah. not fully closed but there was never used to be anyone ever in my back garden like there's been people that moved into my mum's building now that like actually use the back garden that mm-hmm. for the majority of the time I lived there it was incredibly rare to see yeah. anyone outside so I mean I think like we were like the only kids in that tenement block really for a long time and then yeah the only people there were adults so a lot of time like it was really quiet but the odd time that there were people out there it'd be like old men trying to do like their gardening and I'm like okay I better not walk about like half naked because that's yeah. 
not something they want to look up from their their roses at you know <laughs> and if it is then that's an even bigger problem so yeah that's a whole other subject mm-hmm. for another podcast <laughs> equally scary but off subject yeah <laughs> right, so I was like constantly scared every night eventually like I would pluck up the courage and run out the door to get my mom or scream for her and mom just got to the point where she was like enough is enough and she waited outside of my bedroom room like door one night mm-hmm. and um, until she could feel like that fear energy that it was projecting onto me that she like kind of described to me and mm-hmm. um, obviously when she was telling me this and um, she knew that he was there and she purposefully left my curtain open a wee bit so that she could see out the window when he when she came in and I burst open the door mm-hmm. um, so that she could actually catch him in the act. <laughs> so she waited and then when he did appear, she burst into my room and shouted, literally shouted, caught ye, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny now, because she was like, caught ye, you bastard, pure fizzing. And mom never spoke like that. She was always spoke mm-hmm. really nice. And <laughs> she was always so polite and tried not ever to swear. So it was really funny. Um, but it's funny now, I suppose. But at yeah. the time I did shit myself. Like I was like, fuck, what have I done? Like... <laughs> um so she had actually said like he like hissed at her like mm-hmm. like actually like like <laughs> not like a kitty cat but you know what i mean like yeah. like, like a scary ghost would <laughs> and he'd made like this horrible like grotesque face mm-hmm. trying to frighten her um but it didn't work because she was more angry at seeing yeah. like what he'd been doing to me like to scare me yeah. i think when um, it comes to like your kids it's that like pure like mom strength we can lift a car off yeah. like your kids and all that like you just Aye. don't think in the moment about anything other than that exactly yeah I think that was exactly that she was just angry yeah. and um like if somebody was coming at like your wing with like a knife trying to stab you just be like who the fuck are you like come here like <laughs> stick the nut in them you know so <laughs> I mean maybe that's not the best thing to do though you should probably just pick up, pick up your child and run just mm. you know we're not a health and safety advice podcast I just want to yeah. clarify that if you follow any of our advice on literally anything um, yeah. please listen to us yeah like, listen to us like listen to our podcast don't don't take our advice yeah. <laughs> please don't sue us yeah. um I so when she caught him she bolted out into the garden to check that it was 100% not like a living person mm-hmm. and then when she'd confirmed that it was a spirit she'd asked some of the spirits in our family members who had passed away um, before to protect the house and keep the arsehole spirit away mm-hmm. and uh, well let, let me tell you that worked an absolute treat because I didn't see him again for years and years and I seen him one more time after that that I can actually remember but I wasn't until I was 17 and by this point I had blocked out all the memories that I had of him because it was just too much for my wee brain to cope with so when I seen him again I didn't remember any of it I couldn't recognize him so I didn't see him and immediately like have all this stuff flushing back yeah you just went oh that's weird there's a guy like yeah yeah so I remember like it, it was dark out but it wasn't late yeah. and I had been standing in the hall um, which led directly from my bedroom to the living room and both doors were open so I could see like the full bedroom right in the hall all the way through to the living room mm-hmm. and I was standing in jeans and a bra and I remember just knowing that he was there you know like like yeah, somebody like had actually like told me look and I like just snapped my head around so fast and I seen him at my bedroom window with like those same reflective eyes mm-hmm. and just completely still like com- just standing there still s- and staring at me and it was like the way you see an animal watching its prey to pounce like the way yeah. he was standing so still it was really creepy and I knew that I needed to hide like just instinctively just knew it, and I hit the deck mm-hmm. 
and um, for I don't know how local this is. Hit the deck just means drop to the ground. Yeah, yeah, um, it just means drop to the ground. I don't know if that's just Glaswegian <laughs> or Scottish or we might never have a listener outside of our friends and family, in which case, hello, friends and family. Um, yeah. <laughs> if this ever reaches anyone where hit the deck is not a commonly used phrase, it just means drop to the ground. Aye. <laughs> so, um, aye, so I'd hit the deck, right, and I'm screaming for my mum, like, mum, mum! And then when she found me, she knew what happened, because she'd seen me like that loads of times, like yeah. when I was being tormented by him growing up. And then she ran up to the window in my bedroom and closed the curtains really fast, like pure, like, pulled mm-hmm. them shut and uh, and she said that nobody was there and I told her I was 100% sure and I explained what I saw mm-hmm. and she told me oh, it was probably just our neighbour checking on me <laughs> at which point I went from scared to angry because I was like who the fuck looks in in a 17 year old girl's window while she's half naked and just stays there watching pure still that is pedal behavior like that is something worried about and I feel like that's fair to be angry you know Mm -hmm. so I had demanded that she go next door and tear a new one or call the police and I I was so angry man I felt like I'd been violated man (laughs) and then I started worrying that he'd done it loads of times and that this was just the first time I had noticed like so she said that it was probably an accident and just to let it go and she wouldn't talk about it any further than that so anytime I brought it up after that she agreed with me that it was the neighbor until I turned 18 and she told me the truth you know so (laughs) poor Mr Burns next door was deemed a pedo in my house for a solid year until I knew the truth yeah and he was actually a really nice man like yeah they were like your next door neighbors were lovely they were very tolerant they were very loud children and they were very tolerant of us yeah they were always really nice and they had the dog and it was nice um so after all that like when she kind of told me and when I was when I just after I turned 18 and I asked her like how he'd get through to me after all those years of not seeing him and she said they just slipped through the like the protection that our family spirits had put up for me yeah she told me to imagine it like a big bubble around the house in the garden and the way that like that's that's the way we, we were protected it meant he couldn't get into that bubble and he just happened to slip through um when I seen him again um, she asked the family spirits to put up a second bubble around me whenever I went anywhere mm-hmm. as like extra protection um, after that so she explained that it wasn't like a demon or anything weird like that as well and he was just a nasty piece of work when he was alive and he still is even in death and he just enjoyed intimidating people and children are easy to scare which is why I was an easy choice and then when we did eventually move house I do remember feeling like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because I knew that I was safe and it wasn't going to happen again yeah. and it still hasn't I've never seen him again since um but I've, I still made sure that there were no gaps in my curtains for a night for a good few years you know just to yeah and it's just funny because obviously like <laughs> so we were talking before we recorded about what our stories were and stuff and I was saying like until you told me the story again I had completely forgotten but when we were younger like we've always been really close I think because our ages are so similar but I used to stay over at Kathleen's house all the time when I was younger yeah um and yeah you always had like a weird thing when we were kids about making sure your curtains were closed and it was funny yeah. because you always said it was because of aliens and mm-hmm. you were always <laughs> sure there'd be aliens outside outside the window looking at you 
Um, I, I didn't even remember that as well until you told me. Like, yeah. I had completely forgotten. Like, that was even afraid that I it was I don't aliens. know if it was something that you just decided because they kind of, he kind of looked like a person, but he had like funny eyes or, and you just, it's yeah, an alien. Maybe. Um, or if it's just been, that's how your like childhood brain has decided to process what you were yeah. seeing. Um, but yeah, I just remember you always being like, can't have any gaps in the curtains because you used to have, like, just for, context so it's a tenement so it's got like these like huge like eight foot bay windows in the room um with like a big it was like it was more like a blind than a curtain it's more like a roman blind yeah. um and because of the way the window was shaped it used to kind of be off the window by a few inches and I remember mm. you used to press it like against your window and then put cuddly toys like along the bottom of I it, to keep it the, toys. <laughs> the window um yeah. Because where your bed was, like even if there was a gap at the top, you couldn't see you from it, so you weren't as bothered. But as long as yeah. the kind of bottom third or so was like tight against the window, they couldn't see in. Um, mm. So you were okay with that. But yeah, that was like a thing. And then I think your mum put up like an actual pair of curtains like over it just to make it easier for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was just like a thing you were deeply concerned about for years. And I don't remember it ever. Obviously, it did stop. Like you were, it's not something that continued into like teenager but because we bear you especially when we were younger we're, we're always a shit bag mm-hmm. so, absolutely like you watch signs or something and I was like okay cool she's scared of aliens now yeah like I remember when someone let you watch the ring and you made your mind <laughs> yeah. obviously this is in the day of the old big tellies like the big square things with the glass screens not flat screens for you Gen Zers, um, <laughs> but this big box telly, and you'd get Aye. your mom to come in and in it. it onto the screen, so the screen was against the table, so Samara could not climb out. Yeah, well, she never did. So obviously, that's the method that people should be going with if you're worried about that happening. Yeah, just turn your telly down. Yeah, I mean, she's going to get through and go. Oh, oh I can't get out. There's telly. In the, there's like a table in the way. I'll just need to go back in the telly. Yeah. She'd be like, oh, you're this was out, but I was wrong, never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when you were talking about aliens, I was like, someone's let her watch an alien movie. Okay. <laughs> and I never questioned it more than that. You're like six and sobbing, like lining up to <laughs> protect yourself from the aliens. And I was like, that seems reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> no questions about that at all. Oh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> haunted for years good times I'm glad you've moved house and you're not being haunted anymore yeah it's really nice not to be haunted or maybe you are I don't you miss it because you're bubble well yeah that's the thing like I think like it obviously it never ever like stopped like even when we moved house like I'd said to mom I was like can you make sure that this house is protected as well and she was like yeah of course like I've already done that like by the time I'd asked her she was yeah. like I did that like the day we moved in like of course like <laughs> so I mean I still had like that fear in the back of my mind like that he would like find me again mm-hmm. but I was like I don't know I, I just made sure my curtains like had no gaps at the windows yeah. you know and that was all I needed when you moved house your windows a lot smaller and yeah it was always my room, do you know what I mean? It was always my window. Like, see any other window in the house, curtains could be wide open all hours of the day and I wouldn't have cared, do you know what I mean? Like, living room, like, kitchen, it was fine. It was just literally my room. Gave me There's something I think, though, that is, like, not intimate. That makes it sound creepy. But there's something, like, that is, I guess, intimate. Like, see, when you're sleeping, 
yeah ideas well, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like see if i'm sitting watching telly and someone's looking in the window i'm like very mm-hmm. strange but i'm not don't know like i'm awake i think whereas see if was... violation of privacy i think that's so uncomfortable yeah. about it and that is what i felt like when i was 17 when i got really annoyed about it because i was like at this point obviously i valued my privacy a lot more than i did when i was wee because when you're wee you kind of don't really care that much do yeah. i mean like about you don't, you don't care about what your body looks like and people seeing and do you know what i mean you're just you're just wee and you just want to run about having fun and yeah you don't care about that stuff yeah exactly so that was me no happy chappy, let me tell you. But I'm fine <laughs> now, guys. <laughs> no one's anymore. No, that's funny. Okay, so I'm going to go into the story now that we've talked about our own haunted experiences and got everyone like, a little bit tuned into our background of why we're, I guess, interested in ghosty shit. Um, I'm going to now go into a story that actually isn't about ghosts at all, now that I'm thinking about it. However, it's still a spooky tale, um, but it's based completely in your life, and it's more about the the horrors of humanity. <laughs> um, yeah, delightful. <laughs> so, the witch trials of Pollock. Um, but yeah, this is just people being shit. There's not actually anything technically spooky here, um, but I would say it's on the theme, all the same. Yeah. Um, okay, so some, I think, witch tiles are much more well-known. So, like, Salem witch tiles, I think pretty much everyone in the world has heard of. Those were, like, the big ones. But witch tiles actually were going on, I think, around a lot of the world. Um, and Scotland was no different from that. Like, I think the UK in general were pretty big on witch tiles. Um, mm-hmm. This story concentrates around Sir George of Pollock, um, who's a, a laird. Don't know what that title means in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, he was a you know, wealthy statement. Um, but he was also a really avid witch hunter. So he travelled all across Scotland to witness or take part in various witch trials um, as like the sort of the expert witness. Um, he had just returned from a trial. <laughs> hmm? The guest star. <laughs> right, he was the guest star. I think because he was like big into, what do you say, like religion of the time, he was like yeah. really in it. And apparently he knew stuff about witches. So he was like the expert witness um, who used to go and help them kill women, basically. <laughs> um, nice. It's the, the nice. long and short of that. He would go and be like, oh, the woman's definitely a witch. I've seen her doing maths. Um, <laughs> the things you would get accused for back in the day. <laughs> Um, but he just returned from a trial in Greenock um, in October of 1676. So this is before the Salem Witch Trials. The Salem Witch Trials, I think, about 20 years later. Um, so we were we were trendsetting in the, the human yeah. atrocities, apparently. The joke. I know. Here we go. Um, and, but when he came home, he took really unwell. Um, he had severe pains, like along the right hand side of his body, um, and doctors at the time didn't know what was causing this. I think the the medical professionals from sixteen seventy six were like, "We put some leeches on you. You're some <laughs> meth. If that doesn't work, honestly, you're just haunted." <laughs> and that was kind of <laughs> the extent of um, I think the medical profession at the time. Yeah. Um, 
But around this time, there was a new serving girl who had appeared in the town a few months prior. So she was completely mute, um, but she got a job working in Sir George's estate. Um, This mysterious maid was named Janet Douglas, um, and she came to work for the family. When Sir George fell ill, this mute serving girl suddenly regained her ability to speak, um, and she immediately accused a local widow, uh, Janet Stewart. Um, So we're going to go by surnames because they're both the Janets. Um, Douglas being the the accuser, the maid who accused, and then Stewart's the one who has been accused of being a witch. Um, so Douglas had accused Stuart and said that she was a witch and that wax dolls would be found in the house and this was the cause of Sir George's problems. It was like voodoo. Um, so Stuart's house was searched and a wax doll was found with pins in it. Um, so she was arrested. Um, it's just home decor. What's the big deal? Like, <laughs> I know. I have the same thing kicking about. <laughs> Like, I have a whole row of wax dolls with pins. Is that not? I thought that was just cute. It's very aesthetic. Um, <laughs> however, these women, it's important to say, they knew each other. They lived in the same town. Um, it was not a big town. It was a pretty small town. So everyone knew everyone. But it's entirely likely um, that these were planted by this maid. Yeah. Um, so after that woman had been arrested... Um, so George actually recovered for a little while, for a couple of weeks, and everyone was just like, cool, caught the witch, she's not doing any black magic now because she's in jail, that's fine. <laughs> um, but then a couple of weeks later, he took not well again, the same thing. And Hi. this time, Janet Douglas accused the arrested woman's children. So she had a 14-year-old daughter, Annabelle, and she had a son called John. Um, I'm not 100% sure what age he is, I think he was about late teens. Um, and also accused three of the estate's other servants Bessie Weir, Margaret Jackson and Marjorie Craig so she accused all of these people as well they were all arrested and they searched all the houses again and more dolls were found in everyone's homes Once see again, how you use something as a witch you, just, you wouldn't grasp them in like snitches get stitches I know you would think like you would have some fear of witches but uh-huh. no not her Janet. She um, was, I think she thought, I don't know how much she believed what she was saying or if she knew that she was full of shit, um, but she considered herself to be like a holy woman who could see that Satan was working on these people to make them do evil and she felt righteous in her ability to have them called out. This was like her thing. She was like really up on her high horse. Um, Off witches. Yeah, so she accused all of them. They were all arrested, um, and some of them were. It doesn't say who, but there was torture carried out until confessions and quotation marks were gained because they had initially denied all involvement until they were tortured. Um, nice. so on the, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, on the twentieth of January, sixteen seventy-seven, at trial, all six of the accused were found guilty. So the five adults were sentenced to death. Um, so they were sentenced to death by strangulation, and then condemned to the fire with the effigies, which would be the wax dolls, because they thought that that would then, I guess, like purge the evil. 
by setting them on fire. Just a candle um, at that point. Just a candle. Like. <laughs> but like, I don't know when it was his death by strangulation. I don't know how that worked at the time. Um, I don't know if that is hanging or if they actually strangled them. I, I don't know. Like I don't the know. guy with hands around this person's <laughs> neck, like, die, witch. That's murder. That's also like, and like a killable offense. Like, I would think, like, surely could be like, yeah, like that doesn't seem like an execution thing. Yeah, it seems really like you should get your head chopped off if you're strangling people. Like, you're just as bad. Yeah. However, it's a strangulation, so that's what we're going with, and I have no idea if that was by noose or just by perfect job for serial killers though like so they can do what they want to do illegally though yeah i suppose that's true <laughs> that doesn't make it okay that's though. the thing <laughs> now that we've done away with the death penalty we've put all the serial killers out of business yeah <laughs> and now there's nobody to give the death penalty to <laughs> i know swings and roundabouts um however the only person who was spared was annabelle so because she was only 14 she was sentenced to jail um, instead of to death now I don't think they ever thought she would survive being in jail because she was a 14 year old girl in a 1600s prison however yeah. she did um, and she was sent then to a convent for rehabilitation um, to be freed of the, the clutches of Satan um, and she did yep. and then once she was freed um, there are actually some records to show that Annabelle went on to Addington, which is a village just in the boroughs of London, so kind of around Surrey, um, so kind of more down south. Um, but England did not escape witch trials, and as Annabelle again was held on trial for witchcraft in a completely unrelated case to this, um, I wonder if Annabelle, I wonder if they knew that her mum had been killed as a witch, or maybe she was just an intelligent woman and they didn't like her. I- but yeah like she I think suffered at the hands of the witch trials quite a lot I don't know what the outcome of that trial was I can't see anything that said um what happened to her after this trial but there are records to show she was accused and stood trial again um so George died a couple of months after all these women were killed so if it was witches causing the sickness they didn't actually find the ones responsible and it's more likely they they just killed some people for (laughs) no reason um just killing just killing um before he died though so he was quite i think quite curious about janet douglas like she was this complete mystery she was a young girl um who had showed up in town a few months earlier no one knew where she came from and she was completely mute suddenly found the ability to speak and used that to accuse all these women um so i think that Sir George was like really interested um, in what like what her story was so he yeah. had her interviewed so he had her interviewed by two people a guy called George Hicks um, who was a scholar at the time and also like big into like the church as well um, and then Reverend Scott so he was a minister from the palace of Holyrood House um, so once again really high up in Scotland yeah um, when she was talking to Hicks, um, she spoke to him in several languages. So he was convinced that she had a second sight, that she could see who was a witch, um, and he was completely brought in by what she was saying. 
um, I think at the time in the 1600s for her, they didn't have any idea where she came from. So maybe she did travel a lot and had picked up all these languages or maybe she came from a really educated home and had just somehow yeah. found herself like without, I mean, I guess if like her parents died or whatever, like there's not a lot to protect you in those times. So maybe she just Aye. kicked her out for being a slut or something. Aye, maybe. Like, I mean, she was a young girl, but I don't know what that means. I mean, in the 1600s, that could honestly be anywhere from, what, 14 to, like, 20, yeah. maybe. Um, after that, you're a spinster. <laughs> yeah. Um, spinster yeah. So, he was completely bought in, but the reverend, he was not sold on her, and he thought her an impostrix. Um, Ooh, an impostrix. <laughs> But professionally, professionally full of shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he wasn't label. sold at all. Janet Douglas, so the woman who'd started all of this, she, after this trial, had married a minister, not the one who thought she was an impostrix, um, a different one. Um, and she moved to Edinburgh. Um, but she was completely obsessed with witches. She thought they were everywhere. She... Could, she said that she saw Satan in everyone. Um, and once she was in Edinburgh, she continued to accuse so many people of being witches that they eventually arrested her as like a public nuisance. Yeah, um, no wonder. It's like just public disorders, and it? It's just annoying. Mm-hmm. And I think as well by this point, like ministers were fairly high up in society. So she's like mixing with like fairly like well to do people. And then now and again, she'll just go, but you're a witch. Like, <laughs> and they weren't standing for it. It's one thing when you're accusing maids, but when you're rubbing elbows with the wealthy and accusing them. Mm-hmm. No, no. The last slice of your pizza and she's been, you're a fucking witch, aren't you? I'm gassing you in. Yeah, and it doesn't say how successful she was with these accusations. I don't know how many more people she was responsible for being killed. Um, Basically, makes them a murderer. She's doing that, like yeah, yeah. it's the same. Yeah. Now I don't know if it is like maybe like a like a paranoia, like a mental health thing, where she genuinely thought these people were witches. Um, in which case, I'm less likely to like blame her. It's not like they had like help available at all for stuff like that then. Um, yeah. or if she was doing it out of maliciousness to try and secure herself in society. Um, I mean, she started as a serving girl, married a pretty well-to-do minister, moved to a nice house in Edinburgh. I don't know, she was trying to secure herself in society as someone who was important because she had yeah. the sight and could spot the evil. Or if it was just that she was really, had like really deep paranoia, Um like she wanted to rely on her for it. Like she wanted to be the one in charge of it. Like yeah, I think so. Everybody just if I say that a witch, just that a witch, right? Just don't question it. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was a character. Um, yeah. So at trial, she was found guilty and she was banished to the colonies, um, which at the time would have been America. Um, I think this was before we had the Australian colonies. Um, so yeah, she was just sent to America, which is such an old school punishment. Can you imagine going to jail and they were just like, like that's it, you're away on holiday forever. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> I know. Um, so there is some speculation, rumour, that she then went on to be part of the Salem Watch Trials all those years later because she loved to accuse. Um, yeah. 
However, there's not any evidence of anyone with her, like her age or her name, um, being involved in those trials. However, I think at the time, if you moved to a different continent, it probably wouldn't be difficult to just decide on a new name. Yeah. Um, and as well, America weren't exempt from this. It wasn't just the UK that were doing witch trials. America had loads of witch trials. And I'm going to say in part because we sent over all our Puritans to go and establish America. Um, so, yeah, it was just UK people over there. Um, <laughs> Delightful. Yeah, so they took all their beliefs with them, basically. Yeah. 1600s, like that was, they were basically still English. Um, That's felt like, sorry guys. I know. Ugh, the English colonized us too, don't worry about it. Like, so upset. <laughs> that was England. I think you're okay. Um, but yeah, so it was like a lot of the same religious based persecution, basically, that was yeah. going on. And I think in America, it was quite bad because there was um like the native people and it's basically like criminal criminals being banished to america and you could be banished for things like not being religious so because there was then this new society being set up with new religions or people who didn't follow religion um i think there was a lot of witch trials going on because people had different beliefs um so witch trials in america were quite severe anyway so i think just the fact that this Janet maybe wasn't involved in the Salem Witch Trials. She, I would guess, is almost definitely involved in different trials. Um, maybe that are less documented than the Salem Trials, but there was trials still all over the place. Um, and I think yeah. that was probably, I don't think she would have learned her lesson. I think it was just a chance for her to go and find new people that she could see the devil in. Um, <laughs> get them killed. So... Yeah, that is the story of Janet Douglas and the Witch Trials of Pollock. Um, and just to say, a lot of this information came from interviews with historian Jill Kirkwood and interviews with Anne Downey, who literally wrote the book on the Witches of Pollock. Um, and I think she actually wrote two books and also a play. So if anyone listening is interested in this story and would like to know much more than my wild speculation about lots of things I don't want to research about how... <laughs> Um, stuff worked in the 1600s uh, re- read the books by Anne Downey you'll find out so much more information um, that won't just be me taking um, best guess based on old movies I've seen <laughs> so yeah that is the Witch House of Pollock um, I'm so glad we don't have those anymore oh my just, god yeah. that's real nice isn't it? it's real nice <laughs> yeah like don't get me wrong there's probably still places in the world that do stuff like that um and actually, imagine, imagine we still did that that's actually terrifying like to think like you could just like get on somebody's bad side and they could accuse you of witchcraft and just like that like you're being tortured and mm-hmm. waterboarded and like trying to get this fake confession out of you so that they can kill you at the end of it like you would just be at the point where you'd be like i might as well just confess before they hurt me and torture me yeah, and then yeah. i'm going to die you're, anyway. just, you're yeah. dead yeah. uh-huh you're done for and mm-hmm. i'm not being funny but i've got some people out there don't like me like i could easily have been dead by now like yeah i remember like i read a book when i was a teenager um and i can't remember who wrote it right but i think it was called the drowning the drowning pond or the drowning pool something like that right but it's yeah basically about these teenage girls and they decide this one girl at their school who's weird is a witch 
um, <laughs> I think they're doing like talking about witches and stuff. Like, <laughs> they decide like this girl who they don't like is weird. They decide she's a witch, and one of the common ways they used to test people for witches back in the day is they would tie your thumb to your big toe so you can't move and then they would drop you off a bridge into like a river okay, and well. basically if you drowned a thumb to my big toe very well <laughs> but basically if you drowned oh they were human oops they're innocent and if you survived you're a witch that's how could you possibly survive that without being a witch so literally either way you died but you then had to be sent down a river to drown first and if you didn't drown then they would burn you um thus yeah so in this book these teenage girls decide to do it to this girl they don't like and then i couldn't read the book anymore because just the describing this scene this teenage girl like being tortured like that i was like oh i can't i can't read that anymore like yeah. I don't know, oh, it gave me the heaps. Um okay. and I never finished it. I'm sure it was a great book. Shout out to whoever wrote it. Um <laughs> it, it was too upsetting. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I mean they, they worldwide they still torture lots of people for confessions, yeah. prisoners of war, stuff like uh, it's, it's kind of stuck, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, this really worked well with the witchcraft thing. Let's just keep going the other the stuff. The thing is, it didn't work. Like, and they've got so much evidence, like from all the way from like police interrogating people, um, and kind of bullying them into confessions, all the way through yeah. like, Animal Bay, where people are like very properly tortured. Um, they know it doesn't work. They know people eventually will admit to literally anything because they need it to. It's torture. They want it to end. Yeah. So they're never going to get a genuine confession, not one that could be trusted. Yeah, one that... I think it's safe to say it's maybe a wee bit flawed system, isn't it? Just a wee bit. Yeah, it seems a bit flawed. It's almost as if the Geneva <laughs> Convention doesn't want people to get tortured for a reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but God, yeah, I think every government's got some more criminals in there. Anyway, who just keep torturing. And it's gave such like, a bad name as well to people who do like are, are like into like Wicca stuff. Like they that is like their religion, they follow that and it's just mm-hmm. it's made yeah. them seem like something to be like feared persecuted and like feared and yeah, like and because it's so funny that it's so much Christianity, so it can't mm-hmm. be it can be good, it can't be safe. Like Yeah. And the Bible doesn't say anything about witches <laughs> because I don't even think they they were in yeah. the then. But yeah, yeah, like that's like a big, I think, point of contention because a lot of people who are like Wiccan or witches, um, and it is like very much a religion about honouring the earth and for mm. some, the like the solar system, stars, moon, power, all that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's been given like this thing of, oh, it's tied to, to Satan and to darkness. And it's really not. It's all about light and love and following like the earth's natural rhythm to when you're like most attuned with the planet to be more powerful and i don't really understand it based on my ramblings but from what i gather like it's all very kind of nice and peaceful and um there's not any sort of like evil thought don't get me wrong there's probably people in i would say every group of anything that there are bad eggs there are probably people who think if they got into wicca they could manipulate people or do something bad with having power yeah. but 
I think that's like a tiny minority and you could say that about any yeah. group of anyone absolutely like there's extremists in everything like it doesn't yeah. just even have to be religion it could be anything yeah like there's always going to be somebody who's just taking it too fucking far mm. chocolate bar like <laughs> just yeah. it's and it's enough. funny because christianity now is um very big on i guess like bashing like wiccas and witches and stuff but so many of their festivals are pagan festivals that they've adapted to make yeah. people Christian because everyone or for the majority like especially like um old school Scotland and old school um, America a lot of people were pagan um so when Christianity was it's like I think most of Europe at one point was pagan um and when Christianity wanted to be more widespread they adopted pagan festivals so for example Christmas used to be the winter solstice and it was when you would celebrate by dragging your evergreen trees like in and lighting them up to celebrate life through the the shortest day it was on the shortest day of the year and it was to celebrate year-round life even in the darkest shortest day of the year so they would celebrate like your evergreen trees and they would light candles all over the tree to celebrate that yeah um and then now that's your christmas tree yeah, and no. that's but the, that's where the tree came from at Christmas. It's literally nothing to do with Christmas. It's from the winter solstice, and it was pagans that did it. Halloween's also well, pagan. Thank God we didn't actually execute all the witches then, or we wouldn't have Christmas. There you go. Thank you, witches, for Santa. <laughs> I know we uh, have hundreds of presents when I was wee and been a spoiled wee brat. Well, yeah. Santa was based on a real person. Also, I see Nicholas and mm, there's some doubt on who it's based on. I'm just joking, it's obviously the red, so it's like Santa from the Coca Cola adverts, obviously, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a whole story of Saint Nick, and then there's someone else as well. But I've heard like different variations of it, but it was essentially a guy who gave a poor family money. Like, he like, I don't think they wanted to take the money, so he like threw a bag of gold through their window and they woke up and found it in the morning. Mm. and then it became like a thing where people would give like donate to him so he could then kind of go around everyone in need to make sure they had what they needed well uh, mind in the christmas chronicles it was um he was like in turkey or something and he was putting like a coin in everybody's shoes that were left outside and yeah so there's like loads of like different <laughs> however what to learn from this is that santa claus was the first socialist he wanted to make sure everyone was provided for, and he truly believed in a welfare state. Santa, socialist, mm, sounds kind of similar. Like, there you go. Christmas is your communist pagan festival. <laughs> and uh, it's just commercialism. And church for some. How did you Christmas? Oh, witches, yeah. Thanks, witches. Bye. <laughs> Merry Witchmas. Yeah. <laughs> that was really eye opening. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was I don't know a lot about things like the witch trials. I didn't really know a whole lot. I didn't take a lot of it in, in history when I was at school because I didn't take much about it in school. We didn't learn a lot about any of the atrocities of our own culture at school. I think you learn a lot about, like, oh, you learn about the Salem witch trials, but know your own. So yeah, always, maybe learn about Salem trials. You learn a lot about like I know that we did a lot of stuff about ancient Egypt and also World War Two. Yeah. Um, we learned a lot about suffragettes as well. Because yeah, like, they used to like, read that in drama. I'm sure. What was it that you read? Sorry? About the Salem witch trials, I think it was, and 
drama. I think like sometimes you get you to act out like a little like portion as if you're like being burned at the stake. I didn't take drama. I don't know. Drama was good fun. <laughs> but um no, I decided to just take all the sciences and then feel them all. It was great. <laughs> drama for me feeling better. <laughs> oh, I got a C in higher physics. Oh, that was good. Well done. <laughs> you witch. I mean, you know, I, physics must be a witch. I, did, I have a really loose grasp on physics. <laughs> not do well. Oh, but um, yeah. So that was good. Um, yeah, that's that kind of the end of the episode. I think just to sum up, basically, Sarah and Kathleen, cousins, ship, haunted, like spooky ship. That's yeah. the summary of us and our podcast. And we're going to try and upload a new podcast as and when. Obviously, we're both going to work in just now, although everything's a bit funny because the pandemic. Um, but yeah, we're going to try and make this pretty regular. Every two weeks, have a new episode up for everyone. Hopefully yep. some people will find us and listen in. And if we do get some listeners, we'll maybe make a wee Facebook page where people can request spooky shit they want to hear stories about. If yep. you know sort of a story and you want someone else to research it and then tell it to you. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if, if you like us or follow us on Spotify, then we will do that for you. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Anything you want to add before we wrap up recording for the week? No, no, just, you know, thanks for listening, whoever does listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks, Mom. <laughs> Hi, exactly. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks, group chat. <laughs> shout out to the group chat. He'll be our only people that listen to this. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks anyway. Everyone have a spectacular time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.